Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. I'm a person who likes to learn everything. I love to put my nose in everything. Kind of I get bored easily. So I always like to educate myself something with differently. You know, like I do a lot of self-teaching. I just go and find what I need and just kind of like uh, learn about it. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Brian Switchko of One Inc. We are a creative cohort and storytelling studio based in Los Angeles. I've been a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast since the beginning. I've been a member of the We Are LA Tech community since the beginning. I am so happy and grateful to have known Esprit and watched the genesis of both. Um, but I've remained a listener because of the warmth that she shares with her listeners and her audience, but also the space that she makes uh, for her, her guests and the stories that come from that. And then also to know that those stories aren't just stories. They aren't just content. Uh, they're a part of a community and that community is something that can be experienced in so many different ways. And the times that I've been able to meet other people and connect with them from the community have resulted in meaningful relationships and potent business partnerships. And you know, at so many situations where I can track back person to person, situation to situation over months and years, um, and, and just point to as free as the catalyst for, for what, you know, you look back and it's just, it's just magic. Uh, I'm so happy and grateful for us free and the We Are LA Tech community. I will continue listening, participating, and happily cheering for a very long time to come. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast, spotlighting LA's tech companies and talent, and really excited to uh, be uh, reviving my podcast uh, guest host series for 2023. Uh, super excited to have uh, Moses Akizi in here. And uh, also, you can't see it, but uh, look for some photo evidence. This is the very first podcast recording that I am doing in the brand new Bioscience LA podcast studio, which has been coming together over the past several months and, and honestly, the past uh, uh, few years in, uh, in spirit. So, uh, Moses, uh, welcome to... Our, our debut here in the, the podcast studio, so you can tell me how this thing works. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to be the first one, and you're, uh, as you mentioned, the guinea pig, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So let's, we, we, I, I said I've, uh, we, I've done two or three tests already this morning to make sure that I've actually hit record and we're actually doing something here. So uh, uh, if you never hear this podcast, then apparently I, I screwed up, but hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully we're doing right. So let's uh, let's just dive in, and uh, we got a lot to talk about about what you're working on right now, which is very exciting. And I think you have just a great story of how you've been building your current company and kind of getting user feedback and and building a community around that. But before we even go into that, let's let's go back. Let's go way back. You and I are of a, a similar vintage, so there's a lot of history here. So. Uh, just, you know, tell me a bit about, uh, you know, where you're from, uh, you know, where you grew up. Talk about childhood a little bit before we dive into uh, technology. Sure thing. Uh, I'm an Armenian, second generation, born in Lebanon. And uh, so basically we found our way to, let's just say, U.S., mm -hmm. through Greece, through Canada, and then eventually here. It took us, uh, let's just say, 15 years to be able to come here, like, legally, uh, obviously, yeah. the green card, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and naturally, you know, having uh, you know, Lebanon on the passport, you know, you know, doesn't it's not helpful <laughs> at the time, right? So it took a long time. So which means uh, 
my childhood, I was about what, uh, about 13 years old when I left Lebanon, and I used to live in a in a basically a village, a tiny village, mm-hmm. and uh, central uh, east side uh, by uh, in Lebanon. So, uh, and we were basically like third house by the base of the mountain. I can oversee the whole farmlands, what have you. Yeah. So you know, and we also had like two story building. It was my my dad is there four uh, brothers, and they're also four sisters. But the brothers joined forces and built themselves. Uh, two-story, you know, apartment yeah, building. Yeah. And basically, you know, and from, even from the balcony, you know, we had a good view of all the farmlands. Now, I wasn't a farmer, but even though we lived in a village. My grandpa had always sold his land, I guess, when I was uh, much mm-hmm. younger than that. And so, but I did experience the farmlands. You know, I used to enjoy going there and having fun. We also had a, a, a Roman uh, castle, like a ruin that was in the village wow. on the south side. So yeah. I used to go there play. Which now I heard it's all like fence stuff, so you have to like buy a ticket to get in. But at the time, uh, as you might know, I'm sure you heard it before too with the Lebanese War and the Civil War stuff like that. So you know there were no authorities, there was nothing, so right, they were right. like free willy, do whatever you want, almost. <laughs> so naturally, it was easy for us to get in there and have fun. So uh, that was my childhood. I was like very adventurous. I used to climb the mountain because, as I mentioned, I was at the base of the mountain. So I used to do a lot of climbing, having fun, and actually we're at the border. Of Syria. So, and we were the whole time I was in Lebanon, the valley itself, which is Beka Valley, was occupied by the Syrian army. Mm-hmm. So, so naturally, when we, you know, we used to climb the mountain on the other side, it's pretty much Syria. And you would see uh, all those checkpoints and the Syrian soldiers sometimes looking at, at us, you know, to make sure that, you know, we're just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're safe, we're not like somebody <laughs> who's trying to do whatever, you know. Uh, they mean to do so you know we used to do crazy stuff and uh, I used to get into a lot of troubles I actually three times at least I know that I almost died you know during my so-called adventures and uh, you know I can give you quick examples like one like we used to climb the mountain and run down to see who's going to get at the base faster bad idea don't do that and (laughs) (laughs) when I was doing it uh, I had my cousin on my left side my uh, best friend on my right side and I was in the middle, basically. And it was, as we were running, I noticed that there was a cliff. So the, the day. So each one, obviously, you know, changed direction. But I couldn't, you know. Because <laughs> we're, you, know I, you know, if I did, I, w- I would have bumped into one of them. Yeah. So then I found myself flying over the cliff, you know. But thankfully, it wasn't a flat ground. It was, like, slopey again. So uh, uh, long All story, a day is fun, right? Oh, Just <laughs> long story short, I won because I had a shortcut, right? <laughs> And I had, again, because we were at the base of the mountain, obviously slopey, was, everything was downhill, uh, riding the bicycles one time, again, no stop signs, what have you. So uh, cars will basically just honk their horn to let you know, like whoever honked first yeah. will get the right of way, right. you know what I mean? But I was going down the hill with my bicycle at the time, and all of a sudden this taxi out of the way showed up, and I had to dive in. And the next thing you know, I found myself under the, the cab, basically, <laughs> looking up. <laughs> So my aunt and my grandpa at this time saw the whole thing. You know, obviously they were panicking. They pulled me out. And the funny thing is I love her dearly. You know, she's no longer with us. But first she made sure I was okay. And then, you know. And then you were punished? Good, <laughs> <laughs> give me a good beating. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, so I had those adventures, like crazy, crazy stuff. And when we had the chance to, you know, when we got the news that our visas were ready, but there was no embassy in Lebanon, so we had to go to Greece. So my parents sold everything. We went to Greece with the idea that we're just going to walk in the embassy, you know, get stamped. And that's it. We're coming to U.S. Yeah. And they were like, no, there's going to be another two years now. You guys have to wait. So we were stuck in Greece. So, wow. <laughs> Which is, so, I've never been to Greece, but it seems like not a bad place to have uh, to, you know, spend it, an accidental couple of years. It wasn't a bad place unless uh, you were me, and then I left as, uh, you know, mid-seventh grade. Yeah. So I never stepped, I haven't stepped foot in uh, eighth grade in my life, because the whole time I was in Greece, uh, let's just say I was was working. I didn't go to school. Wow. And the first uh, two, three months, uh, you can basically compare that to, uh, let's just say, child slavery. (laughs) (laughs) My dad got me a job at a restaurant where I used to work. From uh, 10 a.m. to midnight every day, seven days a week. And I used to do many, many things. Yeah. And uh, as a child, obviously, I hated it because, you know, as you can imagine, you know, the change, like the 180 I had in my life. It wasn't until a distant, uh, 
there's some family member that we had in the in Greece as well who was there illegally and waiting obviously to migrate or whatever. And when he heard, like he got upset at my dad. He's like, "What are you doing? Take this kid out of here. I have a better job for him." You know what I mean? And I used to get paid at the time like fifteen hundred drachme, which was uh, literally at the time a good chocolate was two hundred. And uh, an arcade <laughs> game, it was like twenty five. So you do the math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was working for pennies. <laughs> so that kind of like uh, started changing my personality. I guess it just gave me a different taste of life, you know. So I wasn't that happy kid anymore, let's just say. But uh, thankfully, we had another aunt uh, in Canada at the time who sponsored us to go to Canada instead. So that's how we ended up in Canada. Okay. So Whereabouts in Canada? Ontario. Uh, it was Cambridge, which was near Toronto, mm-hmm. like uh, 45 minutes southwest, I guess. And yeah, I went straight to ninth grade. And I knew my English, but I didn't know that well because I was learning like English, French, Arabic, and Armenian wow. in that little village. You wow. know I mean? <laughs> and was that a lot of like learning it through movies and TV and things like that or just through uh, through, through you know, school, through like the basic okay. English in school too. And obviously I used to love movies, you know, so and we were the only one in our neighborhood that had a VHS at the time. <laughs> you know, what I mean so all my friends, all the neighborhood kids would come every yeah. Friday night, Saturday night, we will rent movies and they would come to our house. You know, so I knew my basic English. Actually, you know, step back for a second. In Greece I not only learned how to speak Greek, I learned how to write and read. Thankfully, in Greece, uh, their street signs had Greek and English. Because I knew my basic English, that's how I learned to start oh, translating that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, in Canada, I did a, like, a brief like two, three weeks of summer school of sort and then straight to uh, ninth grade. But then I never got to learn my English properly because I went straight to Shakespeare. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 and I'm like, here, I don't know the basic English, and now they're yeah, throwing me yeah. Shakespeare in here. Wow. But here's the funny thing. By the time I graduated, I had the highest grade in Shakespeare. You know, Shakespearean <laughs> context, I guess you can call it. And uh, it was interesting. I still remember my first, uh, like, uh, experience. Like, the first, in the summer school, the first word, the new word I learned, what about straw? You know what I mean? And uh, in the very basic uh, Shakespearean thing is whatever we read, it, the question was, the first one, like, what are your views about whatever the topic was? Now, I knew most of the words. I understood, I understood what it's asking, but I had no idea what the word views was about. So I couldn't, like, answer that question. Suffice to say, they basically realized that I can't make it. So there was a basic English class. So, you know, so they basically down, you know, uh, downgraded me to the basic English. Yeah. And it's literally, it was only, like, I was the fourth student in there. There was basically, like, just, like, lack of better words. It's like, I just say the kids who, you know, were not striving to be good in school. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and they were in that class. I was with them, <laughs> you know, just to learn my basic English. You know, so, uh, yeah. If, and it took us another seven years in Canada by the time U.S. finally called and said, yeah, okay, you guys can come here. So it's a good thing wow. we had an auntie in Canada. Uh, otherwise, uh, it would have been like a much, much longer. Yeah, but so you're in, your, you're in your 20s then by the time you get to the U.S.? Yeah, I barely made it because uh, by the time we got in, because the rule said uh, if I had, I was almost 21, if I had my birthday, I wouldn't be able to join my parents to come to U.S. Oh. Because they had now they had to reply and sponsor mm-hmm. me to come in. Mm-hmm. So I personally barely made it to U.S., at least legally. <laughs> <laughs> got it. And, where, and you ended up uh, in California. Where were you at the point? Yes, yeah, straight to L.A. because I had another aunt who was already here since the late 70s, I guess. She's been here. She's the one who sponsored us. And yeah, I ended up in L.A. So, right. as, as so you've been in L.A. I, for longer than I have, basically. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so it was a different experience in every country, you know. Yeah. So it gave me a taste of all these different things in life by the time I got to L.A. Got it. And I know it'll, we'll come back uh, later in the story because I know you have at least, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, your, your, your siblings. But you have a brother who's here in L.A. still that you uh, yep. sort of work, collaborate with. So uh, he's with you this whole time as well. So you guys all come in at the same time. Yeah, pretty much. I have a sister as well. We all came together, and I'm like almost 12 years older than my brother. So, uh, so obviously, you know, I had to wait for him to grow up to catch up, I guess, <laughs> to <it>. me a little bit, as you can imagine. Exactly. He, he has yeah, his own yeah. life. I have my own life. Yeah, but I, I have a brother who's 12 years younger, so uh, I know, <laughs> yes. know what that's like. But uh, so— what was uh, this? Was your first time ever in Los Angeles? I'm I'm guessing. Uh, I came as a tourist. Okay. Just uh, 
just for a few weeks at a time before then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but then legally, yeah, later. Yeah. Later. So what was, you know, coming to, you know, coming to Los Angeles in your, your, your early 20s, kind of what was your impression of uh, this, this town, this place, this region? I want to be honest with you. I guess uh, after all this time, uh, I'm still love the quiet life. I love that the village, the farm, you know, and greenery. Mm-hmm. So I kind of uh, ended up missing all that right away. I still miss it. And but I'm married to you know beautiful woman right now who's a city girl, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, let's just say she's winning. And <laughs> and but you know, it's always my desire to at least have a place where you know there's yeah. a lot of greenery and I can do you know a nice backyard where I can uh, tinker and build stuff because I love building not only software but actually physical stuff too. I love building, it's always been my passion. And uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I love the city itself. But uh, uh, as many have mentioned, it's like a very diversified. There's a lot of like opportunities. Me yeah. being an Armenian Lebanese, obviously you got the Armenian, you know, culture and the food, and you got the Lebanese, and you see it all here everywhere. Right. As a foodie myself, and that's why I'm building, you know, Thirst and Growl now. I love trying everything. You know, I'm not afraid of trying something. But if I don't like it, I won't have it unless you serve me differently, and I'll try it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I well, love. Well, in LA, like, you got so many opportunities. So many for that, opportunities, right? <laughs> exactly. That's the beauty. But the only thing is, uh, as far as LA is concerned. Uh, Again, LA has a lot of opportunities, which I enjoy. But uh, as most people know, or some might not know, is like it is a, you know spread out. To me, it's a town, even though they call it a city. To me, it's just a spread out town, and all mm-hmm. the good stuff. Unfortunately, I find it to be on the south side. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know you also live in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah, yeah. So when people say LA, I'm like, which LA are we talking about here? Yeah, <laughs> you know no, I mean? it's true. There, there yeah. are very. I mean, that's that's part of the thing that I love is that it's. Uh, I think it's well, it's a spread out town in a sense. It's you know, it's it's a spread out combination of towns because exactly. there's so many little individual personalities in different yeah. parts of LA, and uh, you know, the longer I, I've been in LA now, you know, a little over 20 years, the longer I'm here the more I start to realize how little I know about so many parts of Los Angeles. And you start to learn that there's different things going on. And uh, and my wife was born and raised here. And sometimes I'll be going to a meeting somewhere and I'll tell her where I'm going. And she's like, where is that? I've never been there. Never heard of it. I'm like, and this is, I'm like, this is Los Angeles. This is the town that you grew up in, (laughs) but there's so many places people don't explore. It's really large. You know what I mean? It's, uh, and obviously, you know, a lot of people, you know, uh, which adds to traffic itself, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, so I guess that's one thing I don't enjoy about it. But uh, overall, if I, you know, the good thing is if you want something and it's accessible, it's available, you'll eventually find it. That's the good thing about LA. You come to America, come to Los Angeles. You've already been, well, you've been working and going to school, uh, you know, in multiple countries by then. So what's your, you know, what's your first experience out in the, the real world in Los Angeles? Well, the... The funny thing is uh, I made it to, I was in freshman in Canada taking computer science. And uh, let's just say, obviously, this is pre-internet. <laughs> so I had to rely on. <laughs> I remember on, those days. But, uh, <laughs> I had to rely on some people to <laughs> tell me if I can transfer yeah. my credits and continue here, continue my schooling here, what have you. And just a, a side note, too, uh, in Canada, in Ontario at least, uh, the high school was, uh, there was a, additional year, like grade 13, so okay. which was OAC at the time, which you had to take before you apply to universities. Interesting. Which later I found out that, you know, it's not it's not a thing for the rest of the provinces. It was only for Ontario. Only so Ontario. By, That's interesting. Yeah, it was kind of weird, <laughs> and it was annoying, too, because by the time, you know, you're spending another year, and by the time you go to college, everybody outside of uh, Ontario was a year younger than yeah. you were. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And so I had some... Uh, Already issues with education, like by the time I was able to make it to university. And then I'm like, okay, fine. You know, my parents decided to move to U.S. I'm like, I couldn't stay there. If you remember at the time, the NAFTA deal was signed. So I couldn't find yeah. a good job. I had a, you know, I was working at a manufacturing for summer jobs, and it was really good. But the, the year they signed it, the company just packed and left Ontario. You know what wow. I mean? Then I could not find anything decent. So, you know, I, I, so basically I was stuck. You know, my parents are leaving. I have no job. I have nothing. I'm like, okay, I guess I better go with them. Yeah. But with the understanding that I just came over here and continue my education. Well, it was a surprise to me when I tried to apply. And they're like, oh, you have to be a resident of California at least one year, one day. Otherwise, you have to pay 10 times more tuition. I'm like, what? 
Right. <laughs> but I have a green card. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, eventually I had a, like a minimum wage job just to get by, you know. Back in the restaurant business? or yeah, It wasn't a restaurant business. It was actually beauty supply. But it was a, it was a interesting experience because uh, it was a beauty supply that was tied uh, and uh, the customer base was Hollywood. So I used to have a huh. lot of like uh, Hollywood uh, hairstylists and makeup artists. Uh, even uh, actors sometimes will show yeah. up, you know, so yeah. it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, the, you had the complete introduction to Los Angeles when you show up. Yeah. You're, you know, you're selling, uh, you know, beauty products to yeah. celebrities. And, and <laughs> even though I was with my parents, but I personally I only had 40 bucks with me. That's all I had. I did not have anything. So I was like kind of still reliant uh, uh, on my parents, per se, just to figure out what's going on. So, yeah, I had to get a, a job. It ended up being a minimum wage job, but it was an interesting job at the time. And as you can imagine, I was getting older. I'm like, I need something. I need a degree. I need to do something faster. I can't yeah. like, spend more years in school. This is like taking longer than I expected. Because back then I, you thought that your you know your life was you know almost over, right? <laughs> pretty much. I have no idea what's going on. Right? Yes, I, I, <laughs> to be and, young and feel old, I know. But, but I think is I'm a very creative guy. You know, I love. I used to like uh, paint and draw and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I love art. I love computers. Hey, what is this? Graphic design. It was, you know, being advertising yeah. newspapers. It was a new thing at the time. I'm like, you know, I want to go to that. So I went to a graphics school. So I got my A mm-hmm. degree through that and became a graphic designer. But, and yeah, I started going from there. Everything else, as far as the tech world is concerned, this is really self-taught. So my first job I got, you know, and computers, you know, still, some of it was, you know, on the old technologies in Windows 95 or 98, right? <laughs> Oh, you can imagine. and uh, But then I started learning more about, like, the Internet itself. I wanted to get to mm-hmm. know more about the Internet. So and I started using it and came across e-commerce and kind of started dabbling into e-commerce. And, and this was kind of in the in the dot-com era when e-commerce was yeah, yeah. sort of the, the first time yeah. it was a thing. Exactly. It was just starting before that big bust happened eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And but I kept at it, you know. I was uh, again. I'm I'm a person who likes to learn everything. I love to put my nose in everything. Kind of I get bored easily, so I always like to educate myself something with differently. You know, like I do a lot of self teaching. I just go and find what I need, and just kind of like uh, learn about it. So having said that, even though I had a I was a had a graphic design uh, degree, I ended up being doing marketing management. So I used to buy ads in publishing. You know, used to do the design myself. Uh, I even uh, manufacturing company I used to work, work. My title was marketing manager, but I used to do many many things. One was uh, I designed the whole packaging of you know uh, the company had a division where they used to do uh, uh, pet uh, uh, bowls and stuff like that, and they had like eleven different mm-hmm. SKUs. And uh, even the packaging, I did that for that. It was actually one of my you know happy accomplishments, you know, great accomplishments I had uh, at the time. The company was had only three of the SKUs. The, the Crocs for, you know, dog feeders. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just had a regular label. And they were trying to get all 11 SKUs in the PetSmart. And PetSmart wasn't buying into it. So then eventually one of the buyers said, okay, we'll give you two by two. No, if you come up, come up with some decent design, you know, we'll look into it. So I took it upon myself to design something great, you know, packaging. Again, yeah. I've never done it myself. So I figured out how to do it <laughs> and did it. The buyers of Passmore loved it, and they called us, and they said, okay, like, if you can fit this in a two-by-two planogram, so two feet by two, and it needs to be stackable and hangable at the same time, then let's talk. So I went and figured out how to do all that, was able to fit it all nicely, and sent it over, and they called us, went to Phoenix, that's where the headquarters, Mm -hmm. the next thing you know, by the time we stepped out, we had a deal for the, you know, for one-year deal at the thing, so that was a great accomplishment as well. yeah, and from there, as I mentioned, I got into e-commerce and kept at it. Did a lot of freelancing on the site as well to learn. And it wasn't until I came across a company called uh, Magento, mm-hmm. uh, which is a local here. Well, they started in Santa Monica. Eventually, they moved here in Culver City. And the funny thing about m- me getting into the startup scene, I guess, for saying the Los Angeles, I n- never understood the importance of networking. But then I did see... And I really want to meet the founders on Magento. And then they put out a, a, an email out, you know, at the time. They're like, hey, you know, we have a 100% discount. Uh, we're going to this event. Yeah. 
if you want to come. The event was actually, I believe, was the first one hosted by Andrew Warner, which is the founder and the host sure. of Mixergy.com. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful guy. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I had no idea, you know, who Andrew was, but I'm like, oh, this sounds good. Let me just go say hello to the founders of Magento. Yeah. So I went, sat, and I not realized they were sitting right behind me. So after the event was done, so I just said, hey, I'm Moses, you know, um, community member. I love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And then we exchanged information, which mm-hmm. was Skype at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I also enjoyed uh, Andrew and, you know, we exchanged information. Uh, you know, I exchanged information with him as well. And that's kind of where my networking journey of L.A. and L.A. startups scene started that's, officially. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And so uh, at the time, you're you're just using Magento with with clients. You're working for companies that are using it. What was your uh, kind of uh, Kind of both uh, because still in beta at the time. So yeah. I was kind of like learning, you know, how to use it. I was mm-hmm. using another uh, software. is like uh, OS Commerce at the time. But okay. OS Commerce did not have, uh, obviously, a company behind it, mm-hmm. where Magento now was the company mm-hmm. behind, naturally. Or Varian was the company behind Magento uh, before they rebranded as an official uh, Magento. And so, and they were kind of like getting into, let's just call it Web 2.0. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. they were using all these latest uh, goodies, uh, CSS and stuff like that, making it look pretty and nice. So it was obvious that it was going to be a great system. So, and I want to learn more about it. And kind of offer that to my clients or to whatever I was working yeah. at the time. Yeah. And uh, my final story is uh, uh, also was trying to run my own. So uh, what I did used to do is every time I accomplished something, meaning that I played with the code, let the code do something. And this is coming from somebody who has who's not a developer, but with the help of the community, forums, blogs. So I would have an idea how to improve something, and I would write the script and. Make it happen. Yeah, magically make yep. it happen. And I will. I used to Skype uh, Roy, who was the founder of Magento. I'm like, hey Roy, look what I did. It's looking cool. Can you feature my website on your showcase? <laughs> you know. What I mean? <laughs> and he will say, oh, this is great, but uh, but he wouldn't. All right. <laughs> and then randomly one day he just Skyped me. He's like, hey, you want to help us out? Just out of the blue. I'm like, sure. He's like, we need some help with documentation and stuff like that. And Next thing I know, I found myself, you know, contracting for Magento, wow. uh, which was again, uh, it was amazing uh, experience. And then a few months later, he just uh, at the time they got, they got an investment from eBay. Mm-hmm. This is before eBay officially acquired them, so they had the opportunity to move to Culver City at a big, much bigger building. So he pinged me. He's like, "Do you want to be a contractor or you want to be an employee officially?" I'm like, "I'll be an employee." <laughs> <laughs> And then I invited to the opening, which was for only for the employees. I was on paper. I was not even an employee. I yeah, was the only wow, outsider who came for the celebration of the new building. And people are like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> and how many people were at the company at the time? I might be wrong, but I I could say like forty to sixty, maybe. Right. I don't know, something so, like that. Still, I don't still relatively small. Yeah, it was a mature startup, but still yeah. at it. Yeah. And that's how I. St- Kind of like got to learn a lot. So I used to do many, many things. I used to wear many hats. And many times I had absolutely no experience. I had no idea what I was doing. But I was entrusted that I can figure it out. And what that means is I did product management, project management. I was on a community evangelism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was even entrusted to manage the marketplace. So improve the a, a submission process for yeah. extensions. Wow. So you got to do a little, little bit of everything. Magento Go. I was a technical. I wrote the Magento Go guide, which was the Shopify alternative mm-hmm. at the time. You know, what I mean that they were building. Again, I'm not a technical writer, but again, they trusted me to do it. They're like you do it, <laughs> and I even uh, basically managed uh, uh, from concept to release of the Magento Enterprise Demo Store. You know. The, you know, the official, basically the one. They already had one, but it, they didn't have enough sample data. It was very basic. Mm-hmm. So when it was time to, like, op it, so because they were starting going after the enterprise clientele, so it was entrusted for, for me to kind of handle the whole project. So I not only did that, I also, like, worked with system admins to create demo stores for the salespeople, also for clients, you know, two-week trials. Again, all this without really having experience. I just try to figure out as I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so how long were you uh, at Magento? Or then you were there through the acquisition as well? Yeah, yeah. I went to the acquisition and uh, three years, 10 months, I think, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, acquisition, obviously, you know, 
uh, there was a lot of transition, and now you got a corporate, you know, uh, right. overload. Big, let's just big, say. big company, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coming in, and things start changing. You can tell it start changing quickly. Where before you had the founders who will basically make a decision on the spot, and you know, everybody will execute it. With once uh, corporate came in, there was a lot of red tape, what have you, and things start changing. So it wasn't, unfortunately, it wasn't the same Magento at the time, and a lot of people start leaving the company. So eventually, I found myself uh, sitting on my desk having nothing to do, and I didn't want to be. I didn't feel like taking advantage of a company. I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what's going on here, so maybe it's time for me to move on to. Yeah. But even though I moved on, until, I guess, last January, it was still the Magento world. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. where I worked, Mm -hmm. the Magento was always the core. Got it. Got it. Um, And along the way, and we'll, we'll, you know, move into what you're working on now, but, you know, along the way, you talk about the Magento community and sort of, you know, both, you know, being part of that community and then ultimately building the community. How did that overlay with the the LA tech and innovation community? So uh, were these one and the same or, you know, how did you get tapped into the growing tech world here as well? The funny thing about Magento community, it's like, it's global, right? <laughs> so it wasn't only LA. Yeah. So, but I did, like, even before joining Magento officially, I did start the Los Angeles Magento meetup. So... And that's how I used to tap into the locals, in a mm-hmm. sense, to come in and, mm-hmm. and just kind of learn the latest and greatest and listen to, you know, different presenters. So I used to do, like, a weekly. And if you recall, I'm pretty sure you might know already, like, Coloft used mm-hmm. to exist. So I was, yeah. like, uh, became good friends with them. And they used to provide the space for me mm-hmm. as well to do my mm-hmm. meetups and also, like, Mixergy meetups later with Andrew. So community was, to me, global. It wasn't only for L.A., but... As far as LA was concerned, it was good like meeting like like-minded people and kind of yeah. like building that network, yeah. you know, the local network. So and it also got me introduced me to, you know, different mindsets. I guess you can tell right. and different individuals. You know, as much as I knew, you know, I didn't know enough, and I was loved learning from you know newcomers or people you know I befriended at the time. So, so it, and good thing about uh, Los Angeles, at least, uh, well. I'm, I'm not sure about other places, but uh, I've noticed that the startup world or tech is, in a sense, overall, like, you know, they're, most of them are very genuine people, that they really want to help each other out all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they want to, like, they provide the right feedback, you know, guidance, uh, whatever you might need. It's like somebody's out there trying to yeah. help and not trying to kind of ask to favor back, per se. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's what I kind of... Enjoyed. Especially in Los Angeles, I think that's yeah. very, very much the case about the the tech, you know, tech and innovation ecosystem. Yes, it is. I mean, uh, let, uh, let's just well, we are doing we are LA Tech, so let's use Spree as an example. Yeah. <laughs> when I did my Mixergy <laughs> meetup, and there's Spree that showed up, and and uh, you know her already, she's a hugger, right? So she comes to me and like right away starts hugging me <laughs> and this and that. I'm like, who is this lady? Like, or this girl? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't even know who she is. And, but uh, let's just say, like, we didn't keep in touch, you know, even though she came to Mixer Meetup, what have you, but because I was in the e-commerce world, that's where I was basically yeah. living in a sense. But I did see her at all these other different events, like I would run into her or she'd be like sitting far away, will ask, be asking questions because she, she was trying to, which was basically the early days of her building where LA Tech, I guess, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right, right. But so, but let's just say she left an impression on me. Uh, and then last year when I wanted to kind of get back into the scene, especially after COVID, you know, which I haven't done Magento meetups for a while. And uh, and I just, last June, I put a tweet out just to see what's going on in LA. And I just CC the spree. Yeah. You know, again, this is an individual that I haven't seen for many, many years. You know what I mean? But she left an impression. I'm like, she'll know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, she'll like, Ping me back. She's like, hey, I'm doing this coffee things uh, on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. You want to come? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then one thing led to another, and here I am. Right. You, you know got I mean? more involved in the, <laughs> involved, the exactly. programs last summer. That's how that's how you and I met. Exactly. Uh, I think we sort of met online, but then we met you know in person at those events. And so uh, and uh, and along the way, while this is happening, uh, you're starting to work on uh, Thurston Growl at the time, or you, you're yeah. you're kind of. Conceiving it, so what was what was the aha moment, or kind of what what led you to kick this off? Yeah, the funny thing, aha moment was, I guess, more February twenty one, uh, t- 
you know, the year 21. <laughs> yeah. So deep, and, so deep in, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're sort of like deep yeah. in COVID yeah. times so at the I moment. Love, you know, I love street food and I love tacos and especially al pastor tacos. Mm-hmm. And I love al pastor tacos because I think it resonates because it's tied or it's, the inspiration was from uh, shawarma. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if you know the history yeah, sure. of it. Uh, Lebanese, you know, some Lebanese uh, migrants ended up in Mexico. They put up a shawarma, the mm-hmm. Trump or grill. And from there, they're like, you know, Al Pastor was basically the Mexican, the Mexican version. Yeah. Using yeah, the yeah, Trump exactly. or grill and kind of imitating the shawarma yeah. cooking style. And Al Pastor was born. And, uh, and like I said, overall, I love Al Pastor. And then I have a local neighborhood taco guy. He shows up like at least five times a week. And uh, one day I was craving, you know, tacos because there was nothing at home I wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, I walked over. He wasn't there. Second night, he wasn't there. Third night, he wasn't there. I'm like, where the heck is this guy? I want some tacos right now. <laughs> and so I got back in my car, went home, got in the car, started driving around my neighborhood looking for any taco guy. Mm-hmm. I just needed some al pastor tacos. So I figured that it has to be an easy way. So I started, like, searching. I couldn't find something that, like, easily identifies where all those active uh, street food vendors were. So uh, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do this myself. So I st- did some research for no-code platforms. Mm-hmm. I came across one, which they were kind of building the geolocation feature, and they had just, uh, you know, had raised about $8 million, I think, I believe, at the time. And it looked really good. So I started building Thurston Gravel there myself first, and then I realized that this geolocation feature is not coming because, you know, time passed and yeah. nothing's happening. Yeah, so the, the fundamental technology <laughs> you needed for your yeah. app was not really going to be in there. It wasn't happening. So I kind of, like, put it on a shelf, yeah. And, you know, I naturally I had a full-time job. And then uh, later the in, uh, I, I guess, uh, later, like around September, I believe, and I used to have, at a web agency, I used to work where I was the head of professional services. And we used to, again, do uh, like integration with Magento and Sage ERP systems. Mm-hmm. So I used to oversee all that. And I had a direct who was a, you know, great developer, project manager, DevOps uh, individual. And he had left the company at the time. And he said, I'm going to go f- freelance. Mm-hmm. But I know he was burnt out. That's why he left. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and, but he was so good. I'm like, I got to call him. Let me like, let me see what he's really doing. Yeah. His freelancing yeah. stuff. So I called him. I'm like, hey, I have this idea I'm working on, but I ran into issues with the no code. And he loved it. And he's like, you know, he's like, I'll join with you. I'm like, cool. And that was it. He became my co-founder. Initially, we started building a platform where Thurston Growl will be hosted on top of it. Mm-hmm. But then, let's just say that's a major project, you know, undertaking. And then we ran into resource issues, other issues as well, you know what I mean, to be able to build that up because it will take a lot of time to build it. And and then, then we, due to several factors, we decided to switch gears put that major project on hold for now and kind of converted the Thurston Ground into an independent platform. So it was basically last June that we decided, okay, you know, let's let's build Thurston Growl as an independent platform. Right. And I think let's, when that was when we when you and I yeah. first met and were talking about that, you were just going through that that the tech phase. transition and kind yeah. of working on that. Yeah, and that's what we did. So and we had, we hired a developer too to help us out. Mm-hmm. And my co-founder is also Armenian. He's from Armenia. So uh, is uh, I'm not sure if you know, but the Armenian dialect is a Eastern dialect. I'm a Western dialect. <laughs> All right, which is basically it's like a fun times with Armenians, you know, with the two different dialects here, and uh, and we kind of wanted to build a team, at least to outsource in Armenia, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. naturally it's more affordable. At the same time, kind of help out the motherland, I guess, yeah, of sort, right, yeah. Even though we kind of like transitioned in June to independently uh, build a platform, but unfortunately we ran into, as I mentioned, a lot of setbacks. We caused a lot of delays. So as far as Thurston Growl is concerned, I feel like we kind of officially this year, January, we got more into it. Right, right. And we were kind of focused on more like product development than traction. My traction was basically, you know, getting involved in the LA tech scene, you know, and then just kind of like be more active on social media and kind of build a following. But as far as, like, uh, going after the vendors themselves, I kind of, like, did not have enough chance to do that because, you know, we were too focused on the product. Right, we were right. Too focused. So, yeah, so just actually just step, stepping yeah. back for a second, just tell me the, the elevator pitch for, uh, for Thurston Growl, sort of. Uh, 
from a food truck standpoint and then from a, from a consumer standpoint? It's basically we're uh, building the platform for what I call mobile restaurateurs, mm-hmm. street food vendors. Basically, our mission is to connect the street food foodies, basically street food uh, lovers, with the uh, street food uh, vendors. And we're building a marketplace, and the marketplace will give in the tools that the mobile restaurateurs need to be able to uh, build a community around their offerings. And uh, I know this is more than an elevator pitch now. <laughs> and, uh, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. And uh, the tools they need to be able to engage with the foodies and for the foodies to give them a, a place where they can discover you know, where the active vendors are. Yeah. At the same time, we have a social an- a component on the marketplace where they can engage uh, with the community within the, the platform. So meaning that when they take photos, videos, what have you, they mm-hmm. can come and post that within the platform and tag the event location. And the Got it. Because mo- I'm guessing most of these most of these vendors don't, I mean, they don't have a website probably. They might have Instagram or something is probably their, yeah. their, most their, of their online using, presence. Yeah, exactly. They're, most of them are using Instagram to basically let people know where they are. Right, but, right. But, but uh, Instagram is not designed for the intent. So which means if... If uh, you don't know about that street food vendor, you m- won't be able to easily discover that street yes, food vendor exactly. on Instagram. At the same time, a lot of vendors do have websites, but it's like poorly designed or spoken and they're yeah. not on top of it. That's another element that we're trying to add. So the whole point of the, the platform for mobile restaurateurs is giving all the tools they need to minimize the number of applications they need to use to basically you know, grow their business yeah. in a sense. Yeah, I, I love that. So, uh, so you've been, you know, you're you're in this next phase of product development. You're in you're in test flight on on iOS because I'm, I'm a I'm a tester. Although, as you know, I've been in such a diet mode uh, that I've not been testing a lot of food recently. But uh, it's going to change soon. So. <laughs> We'll have a little plug for uh, we'll yeah, have a little wait. plug for uh, well, I know um, a, for paperback in a moment, but uh, um, but yeah. So, yeah, so tell me kind of what what stage what stage is the the business at right now, and uh, and and how can the listeners help? Do you want do you want testers now? Do you want people to get out there and you know engage? What's the next step? It definitely testers, and uh, we keep improving our platform. Is basically built using APIs. It's an mm-hmm. API driven database. That's how we're building it. So we can in- integrate easily with you know anybody we want that also has APIs naturally. That's our goal because our roadmap is basically you know you know very large, and uh, and as far as that we are looking for testers to give us feedback to make sure we're in the right directions, but at the same time obviously we're looking for vendors to be able to start joining us. Mm-hmm. In a sense, we do have you know a couple here and there coming in, but as I mentioned earlier, I wasn't focused on them too much. Now yeah. I can basically yeah. like change you know change the the direction of the needle to go after them. And uh, I'm also looking to build partnerships to, uh, with companies that whose customers are vendors, in a okay. sense, to be able to bring them in. But so as sort of the the, users, like re- restaurant supply companies that are selling yeah, food products truck, to the... Food truck builders okay. or associations mm-hmm. or festivals, mm-hmm. you know, food truck rally festivals, stuff like that. So, uh, again, we're building some features to accommodate for all that. Got it. To be able to do it. So obviously, we, you know, as far as the users, you know, naturally, if there's a, like a, a street food vendor that they love, and they really want to be able to follow them easily, uh, you know, I would appreciate if you know they invite the vendor to join. Yeah. To come in. Right now, we basically uh, have an offer where the vendors can, the first 100 in all Los Angeles who sign up, will get like a lifetime free subscription. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do have that offer. So I would encourage a lot of people to kind of like also invite them to be, you know, uh, to be one of the first ones to be. Got invited. it. Got it. And it's addi- exciting. Yeah, thank you. And additionally, we're kind of start rolling fundraising. We've been bootstrapping as mm-hmm. much as we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we still have like a decent runway, but um, in order to accelerate everything, because we're basically down to just me and my co-founder at the time, at this time, in order to accelerate the product development and, uh, you know, growth in natural and we're looking to fundraise and uh, kind of like have that kicked as well. Got it. And uh, actually, uh, I guess uh, last week we officially applied for YC as well for the summer series. Awesome. So, crossing fingers. Awesome. <laughs> that, that's exciting. So this is uh, you, you've got you've gone from dabbling in this and uh, you know trying no code to you know going full into this. You got a team. You've you've dealt with uh, a team that's. You know, trying to escape wars, kind of you know, the class, the classic startup story, right? But now you're you're really you're really diving in uh, on all fronts. 
Definitely. Like, uh, and as I mentioned, we're like we're down to just me and my co-founder right now. So we're just focusing what we need to do yeah. to take uh, the company to the next level. And yeah, we're looking forward the for the next few months. Uh, and uh, we can see no, you know, the very, end of the tunnel. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> and how, uh, um, you know, we, we met through We Are LA Tech, so clearly there's some success stories there. But, uh, you know, how how supportive or helpful has the LA Tech scene been in, in getting, uh, you know, thirst and growl to the next level? Uh, definitely a lot of people I met, like uh, people who are ahead of me, in a sense, or mm-hmm. have more experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been very helpful, advising me, you know, giving me a referral, yeah. introducing me to people who might uh, be more helpful. Yep. And that sort of thing, it's been very, very good. And I can say 100%, if I didn't get back into the scene, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be where I am with Thurston Growl today. You know, it would be, it will take a little longer to be where I am today. But thanks to the uh, Los Angeles uh, startup folk, in a sense. Yeah. So it's been very helpful to kind of like uh, move uh, the needle faster. And uh, and I'm always open to, you know, to get more feedback, more help, and, you know, to even kind of like get involved where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Not only bring my experience to people who need it, also like learn from them. And I'm a type of person, obviously... You're looking at me, you know, I'm much older, right? <laughs> and obviously we're, the we're, we're seasoned. It's, you know, it's, it's, seasoned. A, it's, a, good, it's a good thing. Most I'm, I'm, still, I'm still 25 in my heart. And, uh, and uh, what I was to say is, uh, like, I'm a type of person that I don't care. You know, I show my respect to everybody, doesn't yeah. matter what the age. So people who are much, much younger than I have, I have you know, who have more experience than I do in certain areas, I'm always welcoming, you know, their opinions. And actually, a few other people who have, like, given me great, great advice is, like, in their, like, late 20s, for example. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I have applied those, and I'm trying to apply, you know, to a Thurston Yeah, project. That's, that's terrific. That's, uh, I, you know, we're, I think we, we all want to be lifelong learners when you realize that, uh, um, you know, you can learn so much and, you know, and our kids as well, like, you know, I mean, we, you know, learn from our children, learn from, you know, younger colleagues. It's exciting because, you know, everyone's got something to, whether it's to teach or just to, you know, share their ideas, share their dreams and help inspire different directions. Um, so how, uh, uh, how would you like people to engage with you, uh, you know, email, social, what's the best way uh, to get to you? I guess the best way you can get to me is just uh, most social medias. If you go Monocat, the handle, M-O-N-O-C-A-T, that's me. I've had that baby for a long, long time. It's everywhere. Yeah. What, so. is that? what does that mean? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked you that question before, sure, so now I'm doing question. it on, on, on the podcast. Uh, actually, it's funny. Before I tell you, <laughs> I just remembered uh, I used to have it even on my as a license plate, Monocat. Wow. And wow. I remember somebody at a gas station once uh, asked me, Randomly, what does this mean? (laughs) 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 Well, honestly, here's the funny thing, a story about that. Uh, When I was in graphic arts, we had to build a business. Mm -hmm. And because I was dabbling into internet as well at the time, I'm like, like, you know, I'm going to call my company Webcat. You know, so, you know, a spider was a thing, you Uh know, sure, everywhere. I'm like, you know, why not a cat? It was something random. It just (laughs) sounded cool. Webcat. So I went to... Uh, I'm going to drop the name Network Solutions, and I typed in <laughs> Webcat, and it was available. I'm like, great, but it was $35. I did not have $35. And I had, you know, I'm like, okay, fine, I'm going to get paid Friday, and then I'll get it Saturday. Right? Yeah. So whatever. So a week basically passed. I went, punched in Webcat to purchase it. It was taken. Wow. Guess when it was taken? Literally, <laughs> like the, literally the, uh, within hours oh, of my yeah. last search. Wow. So I'm not going to go into details exactly what happened there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can imagine, you know, or the listeners can imagine exactly what was pulled. I got really upset. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's come up with another name. And and eventually, like, since I was building something like a, a business, I'm like, oh, I'm by myself. One, you know, one cat. Oh, Mano means one. I'm like, Mano cat. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of sounds cool. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then... And then it was available, so I bought it. And when social media happened, I started putting model kit everywhere. You know? I, I love I love that. And I have to say, you know, long term value monocat is so much so much more valuable yeah. than webcat would have been. Uh, I feel yeah. like so. And I used it to build even a brand my there. Freelance, uh, like when I was yeah. freelancing, I had uh, mono commerce. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so uh, I used to do like a resell for GoDaddy. I think it was Mononet. So mono became a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. funny thing is, uh, 
at the time there was a, a website or for artists. Should I forget what the name was? So somebody else already had a monocat. Mm-hmm. But good thing is whoever that individual was, he was actually an artist. So I'm like, well, I'm in graphic arts. People will think that's me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love I love that attitude. So terrific. So they can find you in Monocat. Um, I want to just you know as we wind down here, switch gears. So uh, you know you you mentioned a couple things. One, you've got a obviously a food business. You're a foodie. Um, so besides, if you're not going to your uh, Al Pastor. Uh, uh, you know, cart kind of, you know, what are your favorite, uh, you know, favorite restaurants, favorite uh, foods in L.A.? Um, let's start there. You know, the word favorite, I feel like almost <laughs> doesn't apply to me. And uh, you like it wa- all, as you said. But- yeah, my wife uses the word favorite a lot. It's like it's almost like saturated. It's like, this is my favorite song. I'm like, is this your favorite song in 1001 now? <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? <laughs> right, right. So uh, to me, it's like... Uh, not favorites. It's more like whatever I'm craving, whatever I'm okay. in the mood. But as far as like, uh, I love like really, really good, like authentic pizzas, for example. And uh, anything like, uh, I guess, bread related, you know, <laughs> I'm really into that stuff like that. And Were you, uh, any uh, were you a casa, casa de Pizza in uh, the Valley, you know, which is closed, but it's going to reopen? Uh, yeah, I've heard of them, but I've never no, been there. Oh, but, my God. You got okay, it. Now it it's, try, so. it's, it's closed, but somebody bought it. It's reopening. They have a pizza called the Tom Brown Special that is just, I don't even know what it is, but it's like, it's like, like crack cocaine on pizza. Okay, I so. will try it. The next one is like definitely barbecue. You know, like I love fire. Mm-hmm. I love barbecue. Mm-hmm. So any type of barbecue, I just really enjoy that. So uh, usually, you know, when we're out there and if I come across like a barbecue joint, I definitely would love to do that. Got it. But an odd thing as a, well, I've been here for a long time now, but one thing I kind of like, if you want to call it like a simulated, because you know, as an American, <laughs> for some odd reason, I love diners too. I love diners. You yeah. Know I mean? I, will, I really enjoy going to all these random diner places. <laughs> I'm, I'm a hole-in-the-wall sort of uh, yeah, you know, know restaurant kind of guy. I just love it. Diners just, can be uh, fun. Like, obviously, you know, there's Brent's Deli. Mm-hmm. Actually, sure. Know, I love that yeah. one, too. You know, yeah. Great pastrami. Awesome. Cool. Well, Moses, this has been awesome. Really excited. Thank you for uh, helping to debut the uh, the, the Bioscience LA uh, podcast studio. Uh, we're going to be back. I hope people are going to engage and test things out. But... Thank you so much, uh, Moses, and thank you, everyone, for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community. Please remember, go to the We Are LA Tech Facebook group or wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you again soon in the next episode. And Moses, again, thank you. Thank you, and I appreciate everyone. Hi, this is Moses Akizian, CEO and co-founder at Thirst and Growl, where we are building the platform for mobile restaurateurs. I'm based in North Hill, San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.